Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humble Park, Chicago. Systematic podcast. Hosted by twin sisters. It's a magic podcast. Alexis and Samantha. Samantha. Just in case your friends have systematic podcast. Hey, welcome back to Systematic, the show about politics, pop culture, and, and sisterhood. sisterhood. We're your co-hosts. I'm Alexis. And Sam. And this is episode three. Yes. Yeah. Thanks uh, so much for tuning in today, guys. Uh, we have like a really amazing guest, a really great conversation this week. The um, very fucking talented John Doe or Jean Doe. It's like French. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, she was super generous with her time and came to sit down and chat with us and reminisce and talk about the future. So I'm really excited about that, too. Yes. So we're going to get to that. But first, you know, uh, we won't, there's been a lot going on in this uh, world we live in. So we want to, like, just try and at least touch on a, a few things, just scrape the surface on a few things that are happening. Um, so we should probably get into that. I so let's start with politics and how about we try to do like a rapid round, do like three big topics and like try to overview them really quickly. Like some quick summaries. Okay. Yes. Um, do you have one that you think we should do first? Well, I mean the world is like literally on fire, right? So Right. Yeah, it's literally burning. Um the Amazon rainforest is burning at an unprecedented rate. There's literally tens of thousands of there's been tens of thousands of fires in the rainforest mm-hmm. just this year, which is like a huge increase. I think it's an 85% increase from just last year. Mm-hmm. It's fucked um, up. Right. We need oxygen. We need the rainforest for like a large portion of the oxygen that we breathe all around the world. And like, it's not good. And yeah. it's also causing a lot of displacement of indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Hopefully there's more action that's taken. I think the president there in Brazil, like, finally is taking action after uh-huh. international uh, international pressure. It took yeah. his ass way too long, but, but that's, uh, that's that. You know those billionaires that, like, rushed to, like, Notre Dame when it was burning and raised all those, like, billion dollars? Like, where are they at? Bring that same energy, billionaires. Where are the rich people? Right. I'm at least, like, where is Leonardo DiCaprio? Like, isn't he, like, <laughs> the figurehead for climate change and, like, environmental yeah. issues? environmental issues like hello where y'all bring that energy okay okay next okay yeah next um huge um policy funding issue with planned parenthood this week that happened this week um so the trump administration uh put in place a new policy it's essentially a gag rule um so what that means is that the policy said that any any organization that receives funding from the government under Title 10, which is like a family support funding program, um, any org that gets funds under that program has to agree that they will not provide abortion services or even talk about abortion services or refer their patients to abortion services. So, of course, Planned Parenthood and other organizations as well are saying like, no, we're absolutely not going to agree to these terms. And instead of succumbing to your terms, this gag order that you're trying to inflict on us Mm -hmm. um, or blackmail us with. They're like not taking the money. Yeah, they're just exiting the program. They're not going to receive those federal funds, which make Uh up a large portion of a lot of Planned Parenthood's funds across the country. So, yeah, that's terrifying. Um, So what that means is, yeah, it's that Planned Parenthood is still going to provide all of the full range of services that 
it does, but the cost might be higher. And it might be, it might mean higher prices for low-income people, especially low-income women of color. And, you know, aside from just women, non-binary people, um, people who are assigned female at birth, like mm-hmm. anyone who receives especially reproductive health um, services from Planned Parenthood are going to feel the brunt of this gag order. Yeah, so basically donate to Planned Parenthood. I actually donate a little bit every month. Right. Donate as any anything yeah. that you can. Yeah, I don't donate much. But... That you care about providing. And yeah, just call it what it is. This is this gag rule is an effort by the Trump administration to silence organizations and prevent them from providing the full range of necessary medical health services to the most marginalized groups of women and people who are AFAB. So call it what it is. All right, all right, last topic real quick. Right, so the 2020 Democratic race is in pretty much full swing. Um, Hopefully the field will actually be narrowed down to a reasonable number of candidates soon, but um, we're getting there. I think one thing that's important to talk about that came out in the past week is the fact that Elizabeth Warren... Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren, in some states is actually polling in second place. Um, so Joe Biden is pretty much consistently still the front runner in most states across the country, even though, of course, we've seen the many like gaffes that he's made and like weird things that he said and done, which you would think would, um, you know, bring him down a few points. But no, he's still the front runner. Um, Bernie Sanders is also pretty consistently the second person in um polls second ranking person uh but there are now a few states where elizabeth warren is actually polling number two right behind joe biden with which i think has been pretty surprising to a lot of people so mm-hmm. i think that's interesting to know we're not you know endorsing any candidates right now no nope, um, systematic not endorsing anyone yet not endorsing anyone yet but uh we got some ideas so that's politics it's a lot to keep track of right now um let's switch gears and talk about someone who has made such a huge impact on pop culture these past few months yes we talking about the motherfucking one and only meg the stallion meg the stallion if you haven't heard of her you probably were not on social media much this summer but um yeah it's a fucking hot girl summer it's It's a a movement it's It's a a lifestyle it's a whole movement and yeah we just wanted to talk about this because i think it's actually like a really like beautiful and empowering sentiment that i think is a little bit unclear like people are like what is a hot girl summer like what does that mean especially with her like newest track with Nicki minaj that just came out hot girl summer which is like basically the fucking anthem um to this movement but yeah hot girl summer is basically just about being confident loving yourself like being unapologetic hyping up your friends and just like having fun like it's just like so dope you know for women to like embrace this in a world where like there's so much like yeah constantly just like working like against women and like working to put us down and And telling us like to like shrink ourselves yeah to be a certain way or look this way fit in a box and like yeah like how did you like what's appropriate to wear and what's not appropriate to wear and Mm -hmm. so like this movement is about yeah just like being yourself and i think that is like powerful for women especially like 
I may be reading into this too much, but like, especially as women of color, I feel like so many women of color throughout their lives have experiences where we feel like we don't fit in. Like, mm -hmm. especially when we're in white spaces, um, a lot of women of color have experiences where you're made to feel uncomfortable. You're made to feel like something about yourself like isn't right or mm -hmm. like there's something or wrong to be, with like, you. Or like toned down. Yeah, or... like you need to be toned down. Like you need to like wear your hair differently. You need to like mm -hmm. dress a different way. So I feel like being women and like embracing yourself, mm -hmm. being unafraid about loving yourself, yeah. showing people that you love yourself, uh -huh. being happy it's about radical. the way you look. Like, it's a form of rebellion. Like Meg just started a whole like feminist movement and it's fucking beautiful. So I just really wanted to like highlight her and this movement. You know, there's hot boys out there too. Uh, Meg says is gender neutral. This is for this is for everyone. Right. You can have a hot boy summer too. Yes. Um, so yeah, I just really wanted to highlight this because I think it's like a really dope like thing to be happening in hip hop culture. And so yeah, props to her and can't wait to see what she does next. Same. Okay, we about to get to the interview now, but really quick reminder, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to and rate and review us as well. It's already helped us move up in the search results and we really appreciate it. Right. And also keep up all of the suggestions, topic suggestions and tips. We read everything you guys send us in DMs and emails, so definitely keep doing more of that. Thanks. So welcome back. We're sitting here with our guest this week, John Doe. That's John, not like right. I not said Jean. Right? <laughs> not Jane, not, not Jean. <laughs> no, you got it right. Or uh, Jean, if you want to be. It's fancy <laughs> French, right? So yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so yeah, excited. Yeah. Twin them. Twin them. <laughs> Sam, you want it intro? Yes. I'm like, I should feel like, I'm like, do people like know your real name? Because I like, obviously I know you personally and I feel like so, like I want to like call you. Honestly, I don't real name. mind people that know me calling my real name, but I ask people that know me personally not to call me by my real name in public spaces. Gotcha. Because people just have this weird thing where they, they want to call me that. Mm -hmm. It's not that, because people are like, why, why is it a secret? I was like, it's not that it's a secret. I just like to differentiate people that know me. Mm -hmm as an artist cool. or business only versus yeah. people that know me personally. And I feel like that just, it changes everything. Like if I walk in a room and somebody's like, oh, hey, like, and I'm like, oh, okay. This person obviously knows, knows me, me personally. Then versus when I have like my business face on, I'm like, oh, how you doing? Like, right. nice to meet you. Okay. We can use, we can use John then <laughs> for you. So we're not putting everyone out there. Um, cool. So John Doe fucking just like super multi-talented uh, artist music artist singer rapper writer director producer right art director yeah just going super crazy so proud instagram model sorry uh, no <laughs> influencer <laughs> bay <laughs> no i'm still trying to get influencer bag period yes that shit is a joke to me until it's for real <laughs> at least like you could yeah, try to get the money at least, right? Somebody just posted our video I directed with you in it. 
my wait what the video yeah sam's video yeah. oh my god can we that shit needs to be like taken off the internet i know no no, no. I, I was like i think it actually did get taken down but people still post it because they're like john Doe's before her time i'm oh like god. honestly the concept really was before his time like people weren't talking about you know culture appropriation right. and hip-hop mm-hmm. and all of that stuff um what year was that like 2014 right 2015 yeah it was a while ago i had no i didn't have braces that might have been like yeah 2015 2014 guys i popped up in her music video like five <laughs> years ago <laughs> this is my first appearance that was a lot of fun actually no, yeah it was a lot of fun <laughs> to clarify yeah for people who don't know what we're talking about you were doing a video a few years john. ago sorry oh my god we'll, we'll <laughs> edit that out okay so john was doing this video a few years ago she needed like a model actress um to help her be in the video and uh sam was available oh so. my god and the concept was basically like visually there's some girl rapping my lyrics and then we just like break in and take over the video shoot so um it was cool it was just like a little project you yeah. had the light light skin girls and we had like the whole mob come in and she like killed me oh my <laughs> no we're gonna resurface the videos no can we not <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, no, that was really fun. Shout out to Emily May, too, who's also in yeah. the video. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so yeah, you fucking, you wear so many hats. We gonna, like, get into that a little bit, like, all the shit that you do. Um, and just, like, for people who don't know you, you're from Chicago. Yeah. Where, where is home to you? What's the hoodie? West Side. Yes. Um, grew up in North Lawndale. Hey. Uh, Humboldt Park, Avondale. Hey. Uh, K-Town, Little Village, so... All, all of the black and Hispanic communities in Chicago, damn near on the west side, yeah, or the north side, um, Logan Square, right, stuff like that. So you know we from Humboldt. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes, got to represent. <laughs> Holding it down. I I was listening to, like you at some other interviews that you had done, and you're like, I just grew up all over the city, and I'm yeah. just like, yeah, those. Technically, I did, it. but you know how they be South Side versus West Side. I'd be like, I have to claim my. Got to represent. Like. I have lived on the South Side multiple times. I actually live out South right now, but True. I'm not claiming them. Ooh. Like, I claim where I'm actually from. Yeah. So, we know you've been, like, writing for a long time, and you started at places like U Media, mm-hmm. and, like, you did LTAB, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. A couple years in a row uh, with the U Media team. With U Media. Yeah, we used to do LTAB also. Yeah. We see? Yeah. We were with a team um, from Pilsen, Yolo Kali. Oh, no. It was like a group the, out of the Mexican um, museum, museum of art. Okay. Yeah, no, that was so fun. I feel like, I mean, I feel like most people in Chicago probably have heard of LTAB, louder than a bomb. Um, but yeah, such like an impactful like experience. I feel like for young people yeah. here in the city. Yeah, I feel like you're like prone to like being a performer and or on a stage. Um, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> well, um, you've been doing it for so long. Like, can you talk a little bit about, like, yeah, how you got into, I don't um, know, just being creative? I guess I've always pretty much been creative, but I wasn't, I guess, totally sure. I guess I wasn't totally sold to myself that I would be, like, this performer who's on stage. Even now, I have to, like, buckle down and really push myself because I'm like, okay, we're really doing this, which means mm-hmm. I need to be great at it. Um... And I just remember it in high school, especially performing, whether it was poetry or whatever. Um, just always feel like there was pressure because everything I do is self-taught, whether it's 
film or directing or creative directing or writing, um, writing for other people, like everything is self-taught. Like I didn't sit down in mm-hmm. a class or have a teacher teach me how to do it. Um, so I think that's just been the pressure to be great at it. Yeah. Um, but since I was little, I feel like people always felt like I had this. It's like my personality has duality. Like I'm extroverted, but I'm also introverted. And mm-hmm. I feel like people would, people that knew me personally would see my extroverted side. And like you need to be out there. Like people need to see you. I don't know what you need to do. People would tell my mom put me in like movies and try to get me on Disney Channel and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of like I got kind of pulled into what I wanted to be doing, which was mm-hmm. saying something important. I think I decided a long time ago, like, whatever I'm doing, I want to be saying something important. Mm-hmm. I want to be saying something that people need to hear or things that I need to release to heal so that other people can heal. Um, right. And I'm just, I feel like I've been doing every avenue of that. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. I feel like, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I think, was probably one of those people because, like, we had classes together in high school and, like, when you, I remember we had American Lit like, <laughs> sophomore year, and like, were you Miss Zakos's class? She was like skinny with the white, yeah, 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 big yeah, huge were. eyes. Yeah, she had big eyes. She yeah, was Zakos so creepy. too. I know. Um, yeah, but I remember like when you, we would have to like go up and present or read something, like you would always be like speaking in different voices and like <laughs> just like commanding the room. And so like I was never surprised mm. about like the trajectory that you would take in your life. Yeah, um, and that's crazy. I feel like that's crazy to hear from other people because you know they say like sometimes people see in you like what you can't see in yourself. Um, so I feel like a lot of that surprised me when I started doing different things. What I felt like was new to me, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I knew you were gonna like. I always knew you were gonna do something like this or do something like that." Um, but like I said, like even when it came down to presenting in class, I'm like, I don't want to. I get up here and watch people present, and I'm falling asleep. I'm like, mm-hmm. I go up here. I'm about to entertain my. I'm yes. about to entertain the class. I'm about to entertain the students. And also, I could not stand Ms. Zako. So <laughs> I hope she's listening somewhere, girl. You get on my nerves. Um, so I did a lot of stuff to piss her off. I remember one time she said something like, uh, "We're talking about inferring when we read, like guessing based on mm-hmm. foreshadowing right. details." And she said, um, she said, oh, so if we know uh, a single mother of color with multiple kids of different fathers, what, what can we infer? What? And so wow. everybody in the class is looking at each other like, what? what is she about to say? And everybody was looking at me because everybody knows I'm the most like, everybody knows the most vocal person like that's going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, hell no. Um but so I'm just waiting on an answer. I'm like, what is this bitch going to say? She was like, we can infer that they're on government assistance. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just like, my face just cracked. I was just like, I cannot believe this woman says this and, like, means it out of her mouth. So I don't know. I just, yeah. I heard her, like, sympathizing with so many students. But mm-hmm. when it came to me, it was like she did not care I'm like, yeah, girl, you yeah. act like you'd be sending me out in the yard with mm-hmm. these other kids yeah. smoking weed how they do. And I'm, well, <laughs> it's so interesting to me, too, like, seeing, like, how, like, we've all, like, grown up and seeing, like, yeah, like, some of us, like, and where we are. And, like, it's beautiful. Like, I'm so, yeah, I'm so proud to, like, see you and your growth. Thank you. 
Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how other people kind of stayed in the same place. Yeah, yeah. But or they started off well, now they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. Exactly. To watch. Yeah, there were a lot of like wealthy kids from like really great families who like you thought were gonna really do some stuff yeah. and. I feel like that's why I feel partial responsibility when I'm doing stuff like giving back to the community, which mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about, like, how can I get back involved with you media and do more for them? Because I just realized how much of my school performance was just based on mental health. Right. Like, it was such mm-hmm. a huge part of it. I remember Same. my <laughs> junior year just moving in with my dad for a year and my grades were, like, incomparable to mm-hmm. every other year that I was in high school. And I just think I was just sitting thinking, like, wow, so I'm not stupid. I just, you know what I'm saying? Right. I lack motivation, but it's for a reason. Same, same. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But I we mean, don't super talk depressed. to kids like that. We just tell them, go to school, do what you're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping, you know, to get to a place where I can use my influence to, you know, create those spaces that I needed in high school same, yeah. to still flourish and do stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some really of these important. themes make me think. Um, to like Sam was mentioning that in interviews were you reading an interview or watching a video um, uh yeah where you were talking about your new project mm-hmm. empathy yes let's talk about that yes <laughs> so yeah I'm interested like how you would describe like uh like the concept and inspiration for your project Here, yeah, yeah I think you were saying something basically how you felt like you kind of like used to be kind of mean or like would like make fun of people and but that was kind of like a self protection like mm, yeah. thing but i thought it was like really interesting because i felt that, that was like a lot of people that we grew right. up with like no, it was less. so much of like a roasting culture yeah i mean and i'm s- don't get me twisted because i still roast the fuck roast. out of somebody like <laughs> yes. that's part of my like culture culture but um i will say yeah a lot of it was projection and insecurities like I think about now especially being an artist where I'm like I know that one day I'm gonna have to address like oh you said this when you were 15 and you said like I definitely said some stuff that I wouldn't stand by today or right. be proud of I think but, we all do that um I think empathy like gaining or I won't say gaining because I feel like I've always been empathetic but fully tapping into that mm-hmm. and not seeing it as a weakness was one of the keys in me transitioning out of a mindset like that you know Mm-hmm. Um, clowning people for what they didn't have. And this is somebody, I was somebody who was coming to school and hadn't eaten for two days at home. Mm-hmm. And I come to school and I talk about this person and what they have on and you broke and da-da-da-da. Mind you, I don't even have money to eat that day. So, like, looking back, I realized how how much hurt came from hurt and how much pain came from pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about that now when I address people and people do me wrong or they you know they do something that's not in their own best interest um that's just a big part of it we have to practice more empathy and like I said in my culture I don't think I'm ever going to shy away from like being funny or Mm -hmm. quote-unquote making fun of people but I think it's the about the material that you do like Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be making fun of people of circumstances they can't change Mm -hmm. or circumstances that we ourselves have been in and right. people couldn't sympathize with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess that's where it, where it came from. And it came from me feeling like I wasn't receiving what I needed or people weren't empathizing with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how can I address this, address this, stand up for myself, but also be 
teaching other people how mm-hmm. we should be treating each other better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like really hard to like find that balance of like being vulnerable but being guarded and like looking yeah. out for each other but like also fuck people <laughs> yeah suck. right exactly uh do you think that you are an empath like are you talking about that a little bit um yeah i think they're i'm actually reading this book right now the empath survival guide yeah mm-hmm. it's by what's this lady named judith orloff um but she talks about different types of empaths because um, like for someone who might not know an empath is like basically like so I feel like we all have the capacity for empathy right but then you have people that are naturally inclined to be sensitive to other people mm-hmm. their energy or how they feel or mm-hmm. you know a lot of my friends they might say that I might say something to them or I might call them or I might check up on them right like at the exact moment they need it or I might text them right when they're thinking about me mm-hmm. or I might say something right when they were thinking about it or da 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 mm-hmm. just certain instances like that um feeling like just very like tuned in yeah to and I feel energy. like like I said everybody has a natural capacity for empathy like I can see somebody crying and be like oh I want them to feel better mm-hmm. I wonder what's wrong like how can I help that's empathy but right. um I guess I kind of, I feel like I kind of have an intuitive kind of empathy where I just can walk in a room and pick up on the energy. I might not even know who it's from. So if I walk in a room where an argument just took place, I'm going to walk in like, damn, it feels kind of like tense in mm-hmm. here. Like why, you know what I'm saying? That's why I say everybody has yeah. the capacity to build on that. But then there are some people that where it's just natural like that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was little, I used to have dreams of other people's, like, circumstances in their lives that had nothing to do with me or that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, That's crazy. And so now that I'm older, you know, with a project like Empathy, it's just about me tapping into that and realizing that when you are a sort of empath, the type of people that you attract, you attract a lot of people that want to take advantage right. of want to, like, drain your energy. Like I said, when we're... When we're going out being negative and we're spreading hurt because we're hurt or we're spreading mm-hmm. pain because we're in pain, you go around the empath and you're causing pain, but they can feel that that's where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Those people are going to be more inclined to try to help you or fix you or be there in spite of how they're being treated mm-hmm. and just be drained by it. Like, just like they're empaths, there are people that are damn near vampires. Like, they suck all the energy out right. of you and they take everything that you have for really no reason. Mm-hmm. They don't, everything they gain from it is emotional. So mm-hmm. um, I now I'm at a place where it's just about discernment. Like, I feel for everybody, but who actually deserves, mm-hmm. like, my kindness at the moment? Right. <clears throat> Who's, who am I going to give to that I'm I'm not going to lose part of myself for? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's, I mean, like, your caring and attention is so valuable. And especially, I think, like, as women, we're taught to just, like, do that for everyone. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. for the men that we love or the partners that we have. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. When you're not getting, like, paid back for all of, like, that emotional mm-hmm. labor and time that you put in. That is really, yeah. like, should be, like, so valuable. Like, people should, like, be thanking you and yeah. repaying you. And they know ways. how valuable it is, which is why people don't, people, empaths or people that are there for you like that don't usually just get like disposed like that's why it's so draining because people come around and they take everything out of you and once mm-hmm. you don't have any more they go away but then they come back because they know that's the only place they're going to get it mm-hmm. do i think that more people should be 
you know, show empathy, yes. But definitely, do I know that a lot of people take advantage of it? Yes. So, mm-hmm. like I said, it's just about discernment and getting to a place of sometimes you can sit down with a person because people don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you say, hey, this is what I'm providing. I'm not getting it back. Or right. I feel like this is being taken for granted or I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. And now they have the opportunity to be a better person. Or they have to accept, like, oh, no, this is just how I am. Mm-hmm. Or be in denial, which is the same thing. Right. Oh, yeah, emotional awareness is, like, so important and not something that's taught, I think, especially to men. Because they're so, like, you know, just taught, like, you know, yeah, you can't, like, show your emotions. You can't, like, be, don't be sensitive. That's, like, feminine. Like, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And it's, like, I feel like it's really hard, especially for them because they're so, like, conditioned to be, like, tough and like macho Mm -hmm. Um, and more men are like needing this message now too and I think a lot of men are more receptive to it now and I think a lot of women literally show women naturally show more empathy I feel like or feminine people Mm -hmm. show more empathy naturally because you know femininity is attacked in a lot of ways um I just think it's time for men to kind of flip that around and practice empathy and so many times I've heard men like I didn't realize how I was hurting this mm-hmm. girl or it took me all this time or this it took this person totally shutting me out of their life for me to realize how bad I hurt them. It's like, you know when you do things that they're hurtful. You know when you do, that's why people hide what they do or they lie about mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's just about practicing empathy. Like there's the root of how you feel or the truth of how you feel, there's always a solution around it that doesn't involve conflict conflict or just hurting people that you say that you love the most right mm-hmm. there's always a way like out of that mm-hmm. um and people just have to find it and that takes empathy right. right do you think that um how would you describe the like reception to the album and the concept like these concepts that we're touching on um i think that there's been some pretty powerful discussions um, behind the music, just from the interviews, the people I talked to. Um, the album has definitely been, or it's like an EP, it's not really an album, but um, it's definitely been received more than I, I didn't, I, I don't know what, I never know what to expect. Like, I never put out a project, I'm like, this is going to be the hottest, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be the hottest shit to me, obviously. <laughs> but um, I literally never know how people are going to receive it. I just always put stuff forward. I know that I was very confident in empathy when it came out because i there was not a song on empathy where i felt like was not good mm-hmm. or it was a filler song i don't even believe in those so i felt com- confident behind that um but a common like f- the common feedback i've been getting from a lot of people is that it makes them feel good um mm-hmm. it makes them feel calm i've heard a lot of people say like this music calms my anxiety and mm-hmm. stuff like that and i'm just like for people not to even have fully received the whole notion of the album behind empathy and being there for people um, and wanting people to be there for you, but just feel like them through the emotions of the song, like through the frequencies of the music, like, oh, this just makes me feel calm and at peace. Mm-hmm. That feels good to me because that's what I was seeking out of making that music. Like, yeah. I want peace. I want peace mm-hmm. within myself. I want peace within the people around me. Um, yeah it's so beautiful that you can like translate that through your sound music will always translate Mm -hmm. that's why when i when we talk 
like artists talk amongst themselves is just like it's so important for you to know where your mind is at when you're making music mm-hmm. it doesn't it literally doesn't matter it's it might be the scariest thing as an artist is like people always are going to see behind the veil mm-hmm. if you make an album because you want the album to reach every type of person when they listen to it they're going to be like i feel like she tried too hard to make us like to reach every type of person mm-hmm. And you're like, I didn't even say that, but people hear it and it translates mm-hmm. automatically. Right, right. Um, even with Crash, because Crash was like, right. it was my debut, so whoever heard it, heard it. But for the people that heard it, they were like, oh, you know what I'm saying? I feel it, da 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 There was times where I felt like I settled in the song, but I was just like, whatever. People are not going to notice. Mm-hmm. And those exact moments are what people would stick with people. Like, oh, I heard this, and I didn't really like it. I feel like this one, da, 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 and people are saying exactly what you'll be saying yeah. before the song comes out. It's like, it doesn't matter what you say, how you say it, whatever, literally whatever energy you put into the art mm-hmm. is what is going to translate. It always does. Totally. Same thing for when you perform. If mm-hmm. you do not want to be on stage, people are like, the right. performance was whatever. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not doing the best, if you're up there having fun, people are like, I have fun because they were having fun. They might not even notice the show was bad till after, and they watch videos like, "Oh, that show was bad," but <laughs> I had fun <laughs> in the moment because they were having fun. So, for sure, yeah, I really like this concept. Um, you've touched on a little bit about like how this um, with empathy, like you really your goal was to make a project that like made you proud, that like met your standards mm. um, for the music, not like like you said, like pe- a lot of people make music and they're like. Oh, I want like a lot of people on social media to like this and see so you mm-hmm. make it like fashion it with what's trendy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that can fall flat. But I think that that is really powerful, like doing something for yourself, mm-hmm. like yeah. and like whatever you do, whether it's like making music, whether it's like playing sports or your career, like I think that is really like a message that not a lot of people are saying. Like mm-hmm. you don't make your parents happy. Don't do this for your your boyfriend or whoever mm-hmm. like yeah and people need to be there so i don't think right i mean even i'm realizing that as an artist looking around and i haven't been anything but myself but at times i have thought to myself like mm, what if i should change or i shouldn't show this part of myself mm-hmm. but looking at the women coming up and looking at like a meg the stallion like she's literally herself no matter what people don't like the way she dressed people might not like the way she's oh her music's too freaky da, da, da. she doesn't care and she's like I'm, I make myself happy. I make myself proud. I look good. I feel happy. I feel confident. Um, and she's just been through so much and still continues to be, like, resilient. And just, like, people really identify with that. Mm-hmm. And I even I was able to look at somebody like Megan Stallion, who's, even though she's further along, feels like my peer in the mm-hmm. artist community. Like, I can look to the side. And I'm, I probably met Meg twice now, but that's how like the peer group works right like, i can look to the side and i can see you even though we're in different places in our career but even just watching her flourish helped me as a woman because i'm like i'm somebody who's always been like long legs lanky people tell me oh you're too tall you're too big and da, 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 mm-hmm. or you know you dress this way and, and even my last tour i feel like because i picked up <laughs> picked up a fashion nova um, partnership, so I was wearing a lot of more like mm-hmm. I guess revealing or so clothes, and I just really watched the shift in how people approached me, right. how they would talk about me online, and it hurt my feelings for a little while because I'm like, I've never really presented myself to be 
any specific way. Even when people talk about me as a, a like a female musician, like oh she doesn't sell her body or she doesn't, and I don't care about shit like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just like to know that that's kind of my reputation. But then all I did was change my clothes, which is I don't wear anything I wouldn't wear mm-hmm. normally. It's just mm-hmm. like when you're working on a certain brand, this is the type of stuff right. you're going to try to get the best stuff that they have. Um, but just watching her come you be up, looking cute. <laughs> Fuck the But I'm just <sighs> watching a person like Meg kind of just be like unapologetic with mm-hmm. it and help me though, because I'm like, right. all I have to do is just continue to be myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to sit here, and I do. I have those conversations with my friends. Like, should I stop dressing? Like, should I wear da da da? Because I don't want to be approached a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to talk to me a certain way, and I know it's not my fault. But I know that this was the only thing that brought on that type of attention. Um, but it's just important for people to just be themselves no matter what because I'm realizing, like, mm-hmm. if I up, I'm 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, if I up and just, like, oh, I'm not going to dress like this anymore because I don't, I'm scared and da 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 mm-hmm. Now all of these women that follow me and look up to right. me are going to be like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe I should care more what other people are saying or mm-hmm. doing. And I don't, I don't want to give that fuck impression. That. Yeah. yeah. honestly for real fuck that shit um so on that note of like kind of like yeah like working with like other women like working with like your peers in the industry i know you like really tight with kaylani Mm -hmm. right that's dope um congrats to her on the baby and stuff (laughs) but um yeah so really fuck with anytime on the project yes and i see new visuals videos coming i'm so excited it looks amazing thank you and i know you fucking directed this video yourself yes i did which is like crazy i don't think that i really know too many women like in the music industry that are like directing their own shit like can we talk about like yeah how you like approach that because i know you also like direct and produce things yeah. for your friends, for like people yeah. like right, like Taina, like Smino, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I have done videos for both. I've done two videos for Smi. Um, I just did a video recently for Kaina. Yes. Um, I will say I'd see a lot of artists like kind of dabble in it, but I will say I'm since like Miss Elliot, I'm like the last. I will say at least hip hop R&B artist that I know of that the only person invo- that involved in producing her own stuff right now that I know of is Beyonce. Mm-hmm. But besides Beyonce and Missy, I haven't really seen anybody like with a passion in film and mm-hmm. music at the same time. I- at this point, I'm the only person that wants to direct my videos because there's a storyline to them which will mm-hmm. make sense over time. Yeah. You have such like a specific vision. Yeah. Um, and all of my stuff is interconnected. I think that's the biggest part of my art that won't be clear for a while mm-hmm. um but all of, all of it is interconnected and telling like a long long story so um i don't know i just it, it was hard it was definitely isn't like not easy and every time i get on a video set i'm reminded how it's not easy and i don't have an assistant <laughs> you know what i'm saying i don't have a i don't have a big team my manager did production for this video she's never done production before a day in her life mm-hmm. Um, the last two videos I did, I basically was the executive producer, but like, like I said, I'm self-taught, but I'm working with other people who are either self-taught or they're, they went to college and they're just getting started. Um, but I know what I want. And so like, it's just important for me to work with people that at least, even if you can't be the best of the best, that you can just give me what I want mm-hmm. visually. You know what I'm saying? Because other than that, I'm pretty low maintenance. But when it comes to, like, the art, I want it how I want it. Um, mm-hmm. With the Anytime video, um, the directors I worked with, 
you know that was one of the things he told me he was just like i love i loved working with you because you you're an artist you know exactly what you want when you come on set you don't have any half ideas you don't want to just you know yeah, I think it's annoying for people when it's kind of just like, eh, I don't know. And honestly, if I've had some of my friends where they wanted me to direct for them, yeah. and I'm very, like, I'm very, like, I, I'm, an, I'm an empath, so I go off energy. If you come in with an excited energy, and you have, you can ask anybody, you can have this much of an idea, like 2% of an idea, and I will instantly build something around it. But if you have nothing... Like, nothing, and you're just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just be like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to come up with something that's, like, not the best. I have to go off of something that you want. Even for the right. Anytime video, it took me a while to kind of think of a treatment. Um, and Kalani was just like, I just want to feel sexy. I feel like I haven't done anything, like, really sexy in my career yet. And I was just like, that's a lie. But <laughs> I feel like to her, she hasn't. But I feel her, and I was just like, okay, well, let's just go for it then. So I feel like the video is very flirty, it's very sexy, it's very fun, it's very grown. Um, yeah, it looks like the teaser looks like amazing. You look like amazing. Thank in you. It. Thank yeah. you. It's definitely an R&B video, which I was proud of. I was like, this reminds me of like the R&B videos I used to watch on like MTV Jams, mm-hmm. and it had like a little story, and it was cute, mm-hmm. and you had the looks, and you had the, you know, everybody was fly, so. I, I am proud of it. Um, and after that, we have one more video project coming out before the end of the year that I also directed. Yeah. That we shot. It's from Crash. We shot in February, but <laughs> we had Is a bunch of Is that the one issues. that, like, you had hit me up for that we were, like, talking about the airplane window? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. She was actually supposed to... Uh, well, I helped, like, consult she a little did, bit. She did help. No, no, She was supposed to build a prop for me, like an mm-hmm. airplane window. And she actually found these decals, which is way more efficient yeah. um, and easier to do. We actually had to reshoot those scenes with the window. So. They worked out, though? Yeah, they. I feel like they worked out. For the the um, the um type of concept that is very campy, mm-hmm. like, everything is, like, a set. But you can tell that it's been built. So yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, can we? So. It went perfect. We have to still get it edited. There's a lot of shit going on, but it's going to be really nice. I think I'm going to have a decent, even though I'm not, I'm only putting out two videos this year. I think I am going to have a decent reel, like, by next, by the end of next year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, like, by the end of 2020, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a director's reel. So, go crazy. You know, Kaina's video came out this year, and then I have two of my own videos coming out. I love that video. Mm -hmm. Um, That video is very special to shoot. And I was just excited to hear after, you know, like her management told me that they got a lot of like good industry feedback from that video. And I was like, that's that's part of, you know, like I said, I wanted to tell stories that people need to hear. Kaina's video felt like one of those stories and just like showcasing who she was as an artist. So I was really honored that she asked me to be a part of that. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So I know that we like probably only have a few minutes left that we're going to do. Um, I did want to talk about this topic. I don't know if we can squeeze it in. It's kind of a lot to talk about. Um, but I guess, okay. So you have like kind of an interesting background, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're black and you're Afro Latina. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that being Afro Latina is something that like a lot of people are just like becoming aware of Mm -hmm. that that's a thing. And a lot um, of people are claiming, Yes, it, there's a lot, yeah, that goes <laughs> into like, that. Uh, yeah, I feel like, yeah, it's a lot of, like, confusion around yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, being Afro, I mean, there's always been black people 
like in Latin American countries. Like, there's black people in Mexico. There's black people in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. Brazil, yeah. Cuba, and so on. And so a lot of people um, don't realize like how diverse the, um, these cultures are. And like you said, now it's kind of becoming a little bit more mainstream. There's people like Amada La Negra mm-hmm. and Cardi mm-hmm. B that are like raising a little more awareness mm-hmm. about it. Um, do you think that like you've always had a clear understanding like did your family talk about it or is it something that you've had to learn about um it's interesting and I think about it a lot too as like I become an artist and I, I know that people will probably ask about it and stuff um my mom well I would say my family in general has been kind of set back by a lot of different things a lot of generational things when it comes to like being sure. black and like drugs and like foster care and like you know families getting split up so i think that sometimes especially when you're black if there's like a cross heritage depending on like i know some black people obviously that are afro latina that are very cultured and very in tune with their family mm-hmm. um but when it came when it's my case my mom was raised in foster care and her mom was also damn near raised in foster care um, there's a lot of like drug abuse and alcohol abuse in the generations before us. So that coupled with a lot of other things kind of separated us from the culture. Like we would, like I said, I grew up in black and Hispanic neighborhoods. And when we were in those Hispanic neighborhoods, they kind of like accepted us cause we kind of looked like we belong there, but we didn't know shit about shit. Like we weren't cultured. We didn't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are your roots from? Could we clarify? Um, so my mom's my mom's mother is Puerto Rican, and her father. I think I didn't know that. Her her parents. She was estranged from her family basically, mm-hmm. and then so my great grandfather, who I think is from Puerto Rico, kind of abandoned my grandmother and mm-hmm. her mother it's the whole thing very young yeah yeah so my grandmother is very and i actually don't know the full like my my great grandmother's full heritage but she's very dark that's what i do know um and so my grandmother was kind of like she was kind of like in the middle of the scale because my great grandfather was super light um but his family is very anti-black mm-hmm. they don't then like black people so therefore mm-hmm. um they were Puerto Rican, though. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom never knew them, mm-hmm. never met them. <laughs> there yeah. was never, you know, she, was, she wasn't she was even raised in the same house as her mom. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where right. it's not like a, a heavy thing, but I feel mm-hmm. like growing, I grew up more in the culture than my mom did. Mm-hmm. So she kind of lived through me a little bit sure. when it came to things like that, like learning Spanish or. You know, so she never, there was never really like, no, she sit down and tell me all this stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, as a black person, this is like, okay, because because of diaspora, it's like, it's not really foreign to us, not knowing where you're from Mm -hmm. or not knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, who's who in your family or where they're from. I actually just found out from my uncle that my grandfather's side of the family is like super duper mixed, which that's how I found out that I was French. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I have French and Irish in our immediate bloodline that I never even knew. But I think about that a lot just from looking at my family because they mm-hmm. have very like indigenous or like maybe native looking features. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally have always wanted to do my own like bloodline, like a little yeah. DNA test, so mm-hmm. I can know. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's even though it's not like prevalent 
in my community, I still feel like I'm represented by those people because, you know, it's in my heritage, but also it's something that I want I want to learn on my own. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like, oh, I can't, I can't be a part of this culture because, oh, yeah, my family is anti-black or mm-hmm. I'll never know them. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, well, yeah, you talk about this concept of, like, anti-blackness and Latin cultures, and that's something that we're really interested in. Yeah. yeah. Right, um, because, yeah, we're, my mom's family's from Puerto Rico, and, like, you know, it's just, like, so common that people make all of these, like, microaggressions and comments about, like, like wanting more European features for right. their baby and, right. like, things like that. And, like, it, I feel like I had to, like, grow, like, and mm-hmm. educate myself on, like, histories and ties right. and, like, I, actively try and combat it right. within my family. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah, no, we have had to actively yeah. combat it's, this. It's hard. I mean, I remember coming to Lincoln Park and, and meeting, like, you know, Marissa, who's one of my closest friends when I first got to Lincoln Park, and she mm-hmm. was so brown and, like, literally from Puerto Rico, and that just kind of blew my mind because mm-hmm. I was just, like, this whole time I look at, like, pictures of my family, and I'm thinking, like, oh, you know, I don't know what their race is. They're so mm-hmm. dark. They're so brown. Da, 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 da. And it's just, like, you know, there are so many different types of people. Definitely. Um, but like I said, I just feel compelled within myself to, like, know where I'm from. And mm-hmm. even with the music, the fact that my name is Jean Doe, which is, like, French. And mm-hmm. then when I started making music, I had a lot of French references in it. And then lately making, like, more, like, uh, you know, Afro-Latina, like, sounding Caribbean music, kinda, Caribbean yeah. music. And working with, you know, different producers and, like, learning Spanish and then incorporating Spanish into my music. Um, it just feels like... I, I just remember that scientifically we carry a lot of like memories and a lot of things mm-hmm. from our ancestors. So I think that's what compels me the most is like no matter how they view me, my hair or my skin color or whatever, like it's within me. Like it's part of my heritage. It's never going to go away. Um, so I might as well like celebrate all the parts of myself and it's yes. not... It's not like I just walk around and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this is me and this is where I'm from. But it's like, it's there. It's it's present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not ashamed of it. So, you know. Yeah, I know that there's probably, like, so many young girls that, like, really deeply need, like, this type of, like, diverse representation. It's not easy to understand. It's yeah. complicated. I think it's um, important not to cut you off. But I think mm-hmm. the most important thing is in the Afro-Latina community, like, there's so much of that. It's like, how Hispanic are you? Like, mm-hmm. do you speak Spanish? Yes. Yeah. Do you dance? Which I have to, like, do yeah. you go here? Do you eat this? Do mm. you cook this at home? Yeah. And it's yeah. just like... We deal with a lot of that, too. There's, there's no empathy in those situations. Mm-hmm. It's like, there are people who are totally cut off from any type of culture, but yeah. now we have to prove us just because we're black. Like, if I was light and my hair was mm-hmm. super thin, which my mom's hair is really thin, but, like, if my hair was finer... And I was lighter, and I didn't look black. There would be no question. Mm-hmm. People would be telling me, yeah. "No, you're you're a Puerto Rican." Mm-hmm. Like, no, I know. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Well, we deal with like, I mean, different like versions of that too. Like, right. Being, I was like, like, sorry, yeah, I was at a diversity training at my job, and we had to break up into groups based on like how you identify. So it's like you know, black people, Asian, whatever. And like we had this Latino group, and then at one point, people look like the whole color spectrum in the Latino group. And at one point, people made some comments, well, like, okay, well, if you only have one, like, Latino 
parent, then maybe you should be a subgroup. Mm. And it was like some very like European looking people that were saying that. So it was just like, like, even yeah, w- regardless of whether you have one parent or not, or, like or whether you, said, you speak Spanish or not, exactly. right? whether like, whether you're, have you been yeah. home? Do you know your family mm-hmm. back at like, you know, that's just, it's all just more ways to divide us and to yeah. like gatekeep culture and heritage mm-hmm. and, I don't, and like you're saying most of the people that say they are european looking is like okay both of your parents are from spain but their parents are from greece or mm-hmm. some shit like that so how does that make you more cultured than i am mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter and i feel like um it's just about it's for you like your heritage is for you to learn who you are mm-hmm. um and i just feel like like i said my family is a specific case because everybody has been mm-hmm. distanced from each our other our dad is like adopted yeah. and stuff too yeah so like it's like i said my family has dealt with someone's like drug abuse you know the sure. fucking crack epidemic and the heroin epidemic like all of that has affected us in many ways we had to like find each other again so it doesn't really it doesn't move me where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know my great grandfather. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I've never been to Puerto Rico and met his family. Like, okay, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to know the family that I do know. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe one day, I feel like I always feel like I'll get like famous or something, and then they'll find me and be like, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, no, <laughs> like, it's not time for that. So. Uh, I definitely think about that a lot. I think about how, like, somebody might hear me one day, like, cousin, I've been looking for you. Like, girl, no, you have not. A lie. That's really funny. It is funny. Um, Well, yeah, no, I think it's great that, like, you're embracing all these things about your identity and, like, not letting people tell you, like, what it should or shouldn't be. You're doing the same thing with your music. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that's really admirable. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to the twins, too, man. Killing it. (laughs) Talk show twins. working on it but uh yeah thank you fucking so much for joining us and like as we just like kind of close out like how yeah what's the best way for people to like keep up with you like um jondomusic.com is where everything everything is um and that's jondo spelled yeah j-e-a-n-d-e-a-u-x music we'll we'll tag it and shit yeah Um, but yeah, uh, johndomusic.com, that's Jondo on social media, which we're trying to get changed to just Jondo soon. Um, but yeah, that's how you can find me. New video coming out this weekend, show this weekend. I'm also opening for Nate. I don't know when this comes out, but I'm opening for Nao on the 23rd. Cool. At the Metro, which should be fun. Doing big things, more big things coming. (laughs) From all of us, Big I hope. Big shit popping. Yes. Little shit stopping. <laughs> well, dope. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for having me, man. It was a lot of fun. Yes. This has been Systematic Podcast with Alexis. Sam. And Jean Doe. Hey. Hey. Now do you have a rain jacket if I'm high low? Just tap on your head and I'm leaving your mind blown. Now he one of my knives with him and my clone. Why? Nickname is Lolo. Can we make it fly low? I great game is choking. I beat enough fly low. I'ma lose my mind on it. Can I take my time on it? I'ma start breathing. He calling me psycho. Now he fingering the key. Pretty peace, maestro. Need to watch it when I leave. No need for light strokes.